This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Can call me irrelevant. We've heard the stories and the criticism about how Brock Purdy is not as good as all the other QBs. All he's done since he's been here is play at an elite level, and everything starts with him. Purdy sends Kittle in motion right. Purdy out of the shotgun, drops a couple of steps, going to take a deep shot. Brandon Ayuk gets the floor. Oh, caught it! Caught. This is his first full season as a starter. He competed his ass off today. He kept grinding. Touchdown! Sand! Francisco! Guess who's still playing in the NFC? It's a purdy party. The kids are not Heck of a game manager. Wow. Manage the heck out of that game, boy. <laughs> he the reason we're going to have a chance to win us a ring. I love him. From the home of Super Bowl 58, it's After Hours with Amy Lawrence. Sponsored by Southern Recipe. I cannot wait to see how Mr. Irrelevant... Oh, the former Mr. Irrelevant plays on Sunday. The game is almost here, and yet it still seems dwarfed by everything else happening in Las Vegas. We're at 98.5 HD2, the bet. Two hours to go in our run of shows from the home of Super Bowl 58. We will be with you on the night of the Super Bowl, so after your party. Oh, and by the way, Bobby Flay has got some great recommendations for your Super Bowl party. No joke. Along with the Thunderbirds, celeb chef Bobby Flay may be the coolest guest that we've had this week on Radio Row. So you'll hear him in the final hour. We've still got stories from our cigar party. The mountain of a man that we were hanging out with in the VIP area. Oh, the VIP area. That's where the heaters were. Also, we got to tell you about our DeMar Hamlin card trick. That was pretty incredible. And the moment that I realized I like Josh Allen more as a man, maybe, than as a football player. It was pretty sweet. Lots of stories from Radio Row still to come. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. We've got some new photos up and still more that we want to share with you this hour on Twitter, After Hours CBS, or my Twitter, A-Law Radio. Thank you so much for all of your kind words this week. We You've blown up both our Twitter and our Facebook pages after hours with Amy Lawrence. We had not one, but two Hall of Famers sit down with us on Radio Row. Steve Largen, you heard him in the first hour, the Hall of Fame wide receiver who played his entire career with the Seahawks. Kellen Winslow, a tight end, was inducted in the same 1995 Hall of Fame class as Steve Spent his entire career with these San Diego Chargers. Never met him before. Had no idea that he's about so much more than football. 
I told him, and we talked about the fact that the NFL just keeps expanding. It's got urban sprawl. There's really no off-season anymore. People just can't get enough. And I wanted to know from Kellen, why is that? The power of sports and the effect it has on society. I took a class as a freshman, a recreation class, and the opening lecture was a professor who came in and said that we basically have three phases in our life. There's work, there's rest, and there's recreation. And, you know, we sleep eight hours a day, we work eight hours a day. Oh, I and wish we spend I slept eight hours a day. The other eight <laughs> hours we spend in some pursuit of recreation, and sports is a major part of that. It is. And yet, for you, it was a job, right? Uh, yeah. How immersive is it? Is it an all-in thing? Well, um, it can be, but it's also dangerous when it's all-in. Because if it's uh, a singular focus, you don't develop your other personal skills, your other skills you have in other areas. And when that singular focus is taken away from you, you're lost. A lot of today's athletes, they're very diversified. They've got the social media. They've got the platforms. A lot have podcasts these days. It seems like many athletes do. What was it like when you were in the NFL without the social media component? Well, it was a a different way of uh, uh, developing your brand. That was very rare. Mm -hmm. Those vehicles were not there. But in some ways, it was a good thing because it forced you outside of football. Yes. Or baseball or whatever your particular sport was. Because if you have the singular focus, once that's taken away, you're really lost and you struggle to know who you are or what your capabilities are or what your contribution is to society. You hear from a lot of former pro athletes that really struggle once they're out of the locker room and off the field. So how was the transition for you when you finally retired? Well, mine was a little bit different because I didn't grow up being the star athlete. I played one year of high school football. I was on the chess team before I played football in high school. Wow. And when I did play that one year of high school football, it was just okay. And the schools that came in to recruit me were recruiting me on potential that he might get bigger, he might get stronger, he might get better. And my high school coaches were my biggest advocates that I was going to be okay, you know, to play. And I just continued to get better. But my childhood, my upbringing, my work history was, uh, uh, let's say, uh, varied during my development where I had different jobs. And before I played football, I was a member of the Teamsters Union because I worked at United Partial Service. Wow. And um, (laughs) I played chess and then I read a lot. So when it came time to football became my singular focus because of collegiate athletics and professional athletics, I knew that there was something else out there that I could do that I might be good at. At what point did you catch the bug and it became something you really enjoyed? More than likely uh, when I realized that football and chess are the same thing and that my role in the game of chess and the game of football, I'm the knight at tight end. And as the tight end, as the knight, I control certain spots over the middle. So I took it as a philosophy. My job was to control the middle of the field as the knight on the field. But when I realized that, the game of football slowed down for me because my uh, high school, uh, in football in high school, my freshman year in Missouri, and probably maybe half of that year, I just didn't know what was going on. Why I was out there, what I was doing, why I was doing it, I didn't understand time and space, uh, the continuum, I didn't understand the passing game, why this was this or this was that. But when I realized that football was chess, I went, oh, okay, I know what I do, I know why I do it, and I know what you do, and I know why you do it. And it all made sense to me. And the game slowed down for me. 
and I begin to think of the game differently. I've done this business now for 20 plus years. I've interviewed countless athletes. You are the only one that I've ever heard compare football to a game of chess, and yet football's so cerebral. It really can be. That's so fascinating. Well, it's a game of chess, and that's why when I was doing collegiate football uh, from the booth as a, a broadcaster, I would always struggle with offensive or defensive coordinators being on the field because there's no board game that you play that's your board level. You can't see right. everything that's going on. So when you have an offensive coordinator down on the field, uh, I wonder if somebody could do a study and uh, compare the plays that are called by a coordinator who's on the field versus one who's in the booth. And I think you might see more creativity calls coming from the booth because your viewpoint is different than the viewpoint of being on the field. Wow. Kellen Winslow is with us, a Hall of Fame tight end from the 95 class, spent your whole career with the San Diego Chargers. Nobody else wanted me. <laughs> well, that was their loss, sir. <laughs> is it strange now seeing the Chargers in L.A.? Very. I still re at times refer to them as the San <laughs> Diego too. Chargers. So to stop that, I just call them the Chargers. <laughs> gotcha. They may move. I don't want to get endeared to another city. <laughs> What's your perspective on some of the great tight ends today. So Travis Kelsey, who is not just a huge mountain of a man who can pretty much catch anything that Pat Mahomes throws to him, but is also this incredible personality. George Kittle, another one who is one of the top in the league. I know it's a down year for the position, but how different from when you played? Well, when you talk about those two, they're basically the same person. Same personalities, very yeah, outgoing, very, very yes. funny. You know, and on the field or off the field, you know, they draw a crowd. And, and that's a great thing about it. I like watching them play because they're the type of players that when the game's on the line, they want the ball. You know, not everybody wants the ball when the game is on the line. Right. They like the stats. They like to have a good game. But when it's third down and we need six yards, uh, not everybody's stepping up, throw the ball to me. Uh, so we've all seen that who've been in the huddle or played team sports. You know those who want the be in the moment. I, yes. like the, I like the fact that they like to be in the moment and they want to contribute. So I enjoy watching them and have a great deal of respect for what they do that way. When it comes to you know the game, who's going to win, it's a personal thing. I yeah. want Kansas City to win because <laughs> I'm a Missouri guy okay. and I lived in Kansas City for a number of years. I know a lot of Chief fans. I know Andy Reid and you know, it's, uh, I watched Patrick Mahomes uh, you know, uh, during his career, watch his dad's uh, career. So like most procrastinators, excuse me, prognosticators <laughs> would, at a Trump moment there, excuse me, most prognosticators would say that they've looked at all of this and they, they choose who they want to, you know, they choose based on the facts. Most of them are just, oh, yeah. it gets guessing. down to. You're just guessing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I like their pants, you know. <laughs> It's my favorite color. That's why I'm choosing them. So right. I'm well, be honest about it. The Chargers it. powder blues. Those are sweet. Those are sweet, but I never played in the powder blues. We didn't have the How'd powder blues. Oh, okay. It was just that era. I guess the, you know the color was in short supply. You just couldn't get it. Yeah. Or it was, it was on the you know catwalk in New York, and uh, everybody was dominating that color. But I never played in the powder blues. Interesting. Kellen Winslow with us here on Radio Row. You were you mentioned not playing football until your senior year in high school, and then it turns into this Hall of Fame career. So I love that part of the story. So then, just to go back to what we were talking about, when you left the league, the transition wasn't as tough because you were saying you'd had a whole varied interest before you ever got into football. I knew that I could do something else. Mm. And that's the, one of the biggest things about leaving the game. You know, it's no different than leaving the military. 
you in the military, that's your identity. That's your title. That's where you get your respect from that uniform. But when you take that uniform off, you know, what does a person who's done 20 years in the military wear the day after they retire? Their uniform. <laughs> they, they don't know what to wear. Right. You know, because now that the putting on the uniform or some portion of the uniform doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. And they may have some clothes that they you know, have around the house, but it's rebuilding a whole new wardrobe, which means building a whole new personality, unless you have a plan, unless you've done something else. So, or you stay somewhere close to the military, like go to work for a defense contractor. I have an uncle who was a uh, lieutenant colonel in the Air Force, uh, flew B-52 bombers in the Vietnam and Korean conflict, in the Korean, I should say, and Vietnam conflicts. He never called them a war because war was never declared. And he had a plan. So he went to school every base that he was stationed on. He graduated with six degrees and he went to work for a defense contractor until he retired. So he had a plan for that, but it kept him close to the military being involved with the defense contracting business, which is an extension of the military. So I kind of used that model. And when I knew I was getting close to leaving the game in that year eight, year nine, I decided I was going to go to law school. And I listened to people who I trust and respect. And one person told me, Dr. Walter Daniels, a professor at the University of Missouri, Columbia, told me that a good way to spend my time would be, a a good way to spend my time in transition would be in school. So those three or four years of uh, going to law school were a good time for me to figure it out. What did you do with that law degree? Well, I uh, took the bar once. Uh, I failed passing the bar the first time in Missouri Bar. I got sick the morning uh, before the first break of day one and didn't come back to write day two. And, of course, if you don't write the whole thing, you can't pass. So I I failed. I missed... uh, I came very close to passing, but did not pass the bar, and then decided that I don't want to practice law. So I went into broadcasting and public speaking, and then um, from there I went to work for uh, uh, Disney, or uh, in Orlando, Florida. Excuse me, yes. Lake Buena Vista, Florida, uh, and I worked there for about five years. And then I did three different stints as an athletic director at uh, three different schools wow. in three different divisions, and. Uh, retired uh, two years ago after spending five years as a special assistant to the president at a small Catholic university just outside of Detroit, Michigan, Madonna University. Feels like we could talk for hours. There's so many different interests and different branches of your life. I'm going to ask you about something that you've always been passionate about. I've heard even in your Hall of Fame speech about more minorities, about uh, not just at the playing positions, right, but in general manager spots, in coaching jobs, coordinators. Here we are. It's decades after you played. How would you evaluate the league in that respect? It's getting better. It really is getting better. Opportunities are there. In many ways, the numbers, the sheer number of individuals who are coming into the league, coming to the coaching ranks from the player ranks, is pushing that number. But it's really no different than what's happening in in society as a whole. If you think of African-American players as immigrants, and most immigrants who come to this country start at the bottom. It's designed that way. You start at the bottom, and through generational work and generational success, you work your way up so that your children one day will have an opportunity and that opportunity will be a great opportunity. Then one day you find that you have a a head coach (laughs) in your ranks because of the work that's been done by other people. 
It is the same type of thing. In the days of, let's see, the early turn of the century, 1920s and 30s, when African Americans were in this country, their goal was to get a job that had uh, benefits and uh, had a pension. And that set the formation, uh, the foundation for them to buy a house. And from that house, they could send their kids to college. And there were a lot of kids who were first generation, uh, the next generation, first generation college kids. And then that first generation college was able to set the expectation early that their kids are going to go to college and their kids naturally went to college and they did even better. Mm. And it's the same thing that's happening in the uh, coaching ranks. Uh, we started at the bottom. There was a time when we couldn't play this game. And so the progress is taking place. We just have to continue to work it to remove the barriers, whether the barriers are physical barriers or whether they are perception barriers. Mm. We need to remove those barriers. Well, thank you for your insight. I appreciate you elaborating on that. Uh, about to find out the new Hall of Fame class, right? So, uh, Am I going to get in? Am I going to get in? <laughs> there are men who are waiting potentially for the phone calls. Yes. What do you remember about your phone call, your revelation? The good thing about when I got in in 1995 was that we didn't have all the social media coverage. We didn't have all the technology right. for instantaneous uh, information. So... There wasn't a lot of talk about the Hall of Fame as it is today. Now, look around. You know, <laughs> everywhere. You know, this was not you know media row in 1995. I mean, radio row in 1995. But today is so instantaneous. It's uh, it's a conversation is constantly going on. Right. I remember in, uh, when I got in 1995, I was at the Super Bowl in Miami, Florida. It was a year that the Chargers made the Super Bowl against the San Francisco 49ers. I was having breakfast with two very good friends at the Fountain Blue Hilton Hotel. And over breakfast, I got a phone call. And, you know, I didn't recognize the number, but I answered it. I didn't even remember that the committee was voting that morning. And it was Pete from the Hall of Fame. And Pete said that he wanted to inform me that I'd just been voted to the Hall of Fame. Uh, Tears flowed, wow. you know, the champagne came out, the orange juice came out, and we had a good time in, in celebrating that. But it was a life-changing day. Yeah, awesome. And more men are about to have that life-changing moment. Before I let you go, sir, why is it important for you to work with Mike Ditka and the Gridiron Greats? The Gridiron Greats have been doing a great job over the last 20 years and filling in the gap where NFL benefits, and when I say NFL, I mean, I, I want to say it's not the owners, it's the NFL, it's the union the Players Association, as well as the NFL, have now gotten better benefits for players who played, retired players who played during my time and even before, mm -hmm. and some of them after I played. But those benefits weren't that great a long time, a, a while ago when the, the Gridiron Greats started. So this uh, Gridiron Greats were able to help people financially with medical costs, with basic living costs with helping them with resources, et cetera. With the Gridiron Greats along with a Southern Recipe Small Batch, they've done a great job in raising money to support Mike Ditka's visions for the Gridiron Greats. And, of course, wouldn't it be a tight end who leads this effort because that's what we do. Awesome. I love it. Well, it's great to meet you. To meet nice you Nice to also. talk to you for the first time. I just love that we can talk about a lot of things that have nothing to do with football. That's cool. They have everything to do with football because they have they, because football is a part of what we do. That's true. Microcosm of society. That's all it is. Hall of Famer Kellen Winslow, It's again, thank you so much for your time. It's great to connect with you. You bet. 
he is so well-versed. Everything from his passion for affirmative action and for more minorities in positions of power and decision-making in the league to taking the bar after he went to law school, working at UPS, also in broadcasting. And he's the first player who's ever used chess as a way to learn the game of football, or at least the first one who's ever said that to me. Never heard it before, and yet it makes perfect sense. I suppose that's one reason why he is now a Hall of Famer. Kellen Winslow from the San Diego Chargers. Never had to play in the powder blues, though. Man, did we cover a lot of territory or what? <laughs> on Twitter, there's a photo with Kellen. A-Law Radio, also on our Facebook page, After Hours with Amy Lawrence. Jay told me he's working on this funny reel of two figures that we we could not understand on Radio Row. So we've got some stories to share. Uh, also, the moment I nearly asked for an annulment from my new hubs. Yeah, that almost happened a couple hours ago. He freaked me out. <laughs> and then <laughs> up to the top of the hour, Trey Wingo, my long-lost former colleague. We've been running in uh, different circles the last decade plus. It was great to come together on Radio Row again, and Bobby Flay in our final hour. So find us on social media. So excited about Friday morning and Chicago Johnny and our trip to the Mob Museum. It's all happening. Uh, Producer Jay has chosen the brunch at the Bellagio for his tourist Las Vegas birthday gift before he heads back to the East Coast. So still a lot to do, but this is our final hour and a half of actual show. From Las Vegas and 98.5 HD2, The Bed. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence, CBS Sports Radio. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Amy Lawrence alongside producer Jay. And Jay has been filling up his phone. Good thing he got a new one finally after six years. He's been filling up his phone with funny videos and great photos. And the deeper into the week we got, the goofier and more creative he became with the photos and the videos. Uh, The types of reels that he's taken on his phone, they've caused us to crack up a bit, including one that he just shared on our Facebook page after hours with Amy Lawrence, there were these two costumed figures. I will describe them if you're not in front of Facebook or at a place where you can access the reels. One of them was wearing a puffy yellow costume with yellow sweatpants and green shoes. The other one was wearing a green puffy orb costume green sweatpants, and yellow shoes. They stood there and waved. They were very jovial. They didn't make noise. They had to be led around by a caretaker 
who would grab their hands and walk them through the crowds because they can't see. We have no idea what they are, but they were gallivanting all over Radio Row. People were taking their photos. I get it. We're not cool. Okay, I'm far less cool than Producer Jay. I thought they were M&Ms initially, but when you see their face, did you get a picture of the front of these costumes? Okay, they're not M&Ms. Their mouths look more like fish, but I don't. I have no idea what they are. It looks like like a lemon or like a lime. But the thing that's throwing me off is their faces are they have like gladiator masks on almost. That's what I like, See, I thought they looked more like fish faces. Maybe, but I see like it looks like a, like a, almost like a helmet around its its but its face where its eyes are like where its mouth should be and its ma- eyes are in its mouth. I don't It's some new trend for the kids, the cool kids, and we have no idea. No idea. It's got to be, is it a company? They're is it neon like a, colors. Are they fruits? Are they vegetables? Well, are they right. candy? I don't think so. I'm they... telling you, they've got fish lips. Anyway, no Aquatic? idea what those things are. Uh, but as Jay points out, they're interesting. And they were gallivanting, that's his word, all over Radio Row. So he finally took their video just to try to figure out what in the world they are. <laughs> Did you put it up on Twitter as well? Okay, so on Facebook first, he's going to throw it up on Twitter after our CBS. Still to come, we've got photos from inside the cigar party hosted by Mike Ditka and Ron Jaworski. Had a chance to talk to Jaws for the first time in person in a really long time. Again, former colleague of mine uh, going back to my days in my previous network. We had so much fun on Radio Row, not just with our own guests, the Thunderbirds, Bobby Flay, who you'll hear, different broadcasters, some incredible women that work in sports as well, like Laura Oakman and Colleen Wolf and Judy Batista, Hall of Famers, which is one of our favorite elements of every Super Bowl week. But the things that you witness, and it's not just these these globs. We don't know what these stuffed globs are. It's not just the globs. It's the interactions a lot of time with various current and former players and how they come together. They haven't seen each other in a long time, for instance. And I did post a photo of this. The NFL's Walter Payton Man of the Year, actually just crowned or just awarded, I should say, on Thursday evening, Cam Hayward, longtime defensive lineman for the Pittsburgh Steelers. He and James Conner intersect on Radio Row. Now, James was drafted by the Steelers, but no longer plays for the Steelers. He's with the Cardinals. We're standing, they're standing right next to us. We are close enough to hear Connor say, What? I'm trying to get your attention. You're ignoring me. And Cam go, Whoa, hey man. And then Cam decides to interview him for his podcast. And we're standing right there and, and we have an audience for it. Damar Hamlin was wandering all over Radio Row on Thursday. Now, he had done a press conference on Wednesday, I believe, in which he announced new initiatives to continue to share medical equipment with high schools around the country. Uh, I tweeted when I saw him how proud I am of the way he's using his platform and his voice. He was wearing a Bills hat, by the way, so he was prouding his, uh, prouding. He was parading, no. Touting? Touting, that's, that's the word. My brain is really fuzzy. He was touting his Bills love, and everywhere he goes, people want to talk to him, right? He can't go more than two or three steps without someone asking for a photo, a video, Anyway, I just love the fact that his life and his mission is now so much bigger than football. 
He nearly won the Comeback Player of the Year award, lost out by a few votes to Joe Flacco. But it's not even about football anymore. Of course, he's still alive, which is the most important thing. That's the miracle. Didn't play a whole lot for the Buffalo Bills this season. Was actually inactive for a good portion of the year. He did get the ball, direct snap, on that failed fake punt attempt in the Bills playoff game against the Chiefs. But I'm proud of him because he understands now that he's here for something far greater than football, which is crazy, right? Not many athletes would tell you that. Anyway, later in the day, he's walking around on Radio Row, and there's a magician. No idea who this guy is. I just, oh, Jay has a video of it, actually. No idea who the, the magician was. It wasn't David Copperfield, okay? But he's walking around, and he's doing card tricks. And he recognizes Damar, and he asks Damar for two seconds to do a quick card trick. And it's one of those ones where you have to guess the card, right? So Damar picks a card. I'm not even going to tell you. You already know what card he picks, or at least the number he picks. He picks a card. He shows it to one of his guys that he's walking around with, gives it back to the magician. The magician shuffles. He kind of makes a big display of mixing the cards up. And then he pulls one card out. It's not Damar's card. So he, he kind of shows it to Damar, and he goes, no, 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 I don't feel like that's it. That's not it, and he drops it on the ground. Then he pulls another one out of his mouth. I have no idea when he put it in his mouth because we never saw him. He was standing right in front of us the entire time. No idea how the card got from his hand into little pieces in his mouth. It was in pieces in his mouth, and he pulls it out, and he shows it to Damar, of course, it's Damar's card. Now, Damar was relatively serious the whole time, but as he sees his card come out of this magician's mouth, he breaks into a huge grin. The whole group cheers. Uh, I don't know who was with Damar, but I think it was a family member says to him, mad respect, dude. <laughs> and so we're standing there in this group of people, but really that's what happens everywhere Damar walked on Radio Row. People just flock to him and want pictures and want to talk to him. But it was really neat because he smiled and he had someone perform a trick for him. And Shay was able to grab a photo and a video, which was really neat. But coming up, I got to tell you my favorite Damar moment of the entire day. And, and again, we saw him a bunch. It was really cool. It makes me appreciate Josh Allen as a human far more than even a football player, which is saying something. So on Twitter, A Law Radio, also on our Facebook page, after hours with Amy Lawrence, we'll continue with the stories. We got some great ones. Top of the hour, Trey Wingo reunited on Radio Row. It was great to catch up with him again. He's got a great sense of humor and a brand new show. You're not going to want to miss it. I'm telling you, the 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 pretense, well, not the pretense, the entire theme and the basis for his show, it's fascinating. And as a history buff, I can't wait. But the best conversation of the week that had nothing to do with football, except for your Super Bowl watch party, Bobby Flay. We're going to wrap up the week with Bobby Flay. Don't miss it. Next hour is going to be a whopper. We might even throw in the boom. The magic trip that, the magic trip, <laughs> sounds like drugs. The magic trick that dazzled Damar. Jay just put the reel up on Facebook after hours with Amy Lawrence. It's really cool. Wait until you see DeMar's smile. And also the magician, I'm telling you. Oh, and you can see my shoulder, too. I'm taking photos. <laughs> DeMar was a lot of fun. He picked the number three, of course, because 
he would. And the magician was bold. He just walked right up to him and said, hey, man, can I do this trick for you? Can I do this trick for you? And initially, DeMar was kind of going to move on with his group. And then he stopped, and the trick definitely did the trick. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio on Facebook with a bunch of new reels, including the two characters that were perusing, no, not perusing, that were patrolling Radio Row. And you all tell me they're called Lem and Lime, and they're the mascots for Pepsi's Starry Soda. Is that supposed to be a comp? A competition or a competitor for Sprite? Sounds like a lot like Starry. Sprite. I never okay. had Starry. Uh, I didn't even know it existed. Well, why does Lem get a, a nickname starry, and not Starry Lime? Night? <laughs> I don't. I don't know. <laughs> right? Like there's Lem, not Lim, or I don't know. It's just Lemon, Lemon Lime. I don't know. I have no idea. Uh, but their names apparently are lovingly Lem and Lime, promoting Starry Soda. Sean on Facebook says, "I don't know what that is, but it's what Google tells me." Although Andy says those are the peanut butter M&M's Dan Marino was promoting. <laughs> Jim thinks they're Skittles. <laughs> Skittles is not a bad guess. Except I didn't see Beast Mode anywhere. No. By the way, we walked by Marshawn Lynch's Beast Mode store in the mall at Mandalay Bay, and there is, in fact, a Skittles dispenser in the far corner. The, the store was closed. I guess he didn't feel like opening it on Thursday, but the Skittles dispenser was there. All right, so on Facebook, on Twitter, After Hours CBS, you can see the DeMar video and also a bunch of photos from Radio Row this week. Jay has done a great job documenting, and he'll be putting together a YouTube montage at some point, so find our channel on YouTube and subscribe. All right, I've been teasing you with a couple stories. Let me finish the DeMar part of the show, (laughs) just because this was a moment that really warmed my heart. He was getting ready to do an interview on a TV set. At the same time that Josh Allen is on our CBS Sports Radio set talking to Maggie Perloff, who's a huge Bills fan. Apparently, she went over and said, my parents are season ticket holders. My family's season ticket holders. And Josh, for that reason, went over and sat down. So they were not scheduled to have him. She went up and she was aggressive. This is the story. Okay, so this is what Perloff told me. Anyway, if you don't want to miss Josh Allen, make sure you catch Maggie and Perloff following us here on CBS Sports Radio Friday morning. So Josh sits down. He does a quick interview. He's promoting Subway, which actually I thought the characters might be from Subway because they're the same color. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. So he does a quick interview, he gets up, and he's got, no kidding, at least 15 people around him. So there's the subway people, there's the PR people, there's his schedulers, there's his handlers, there's probably a couple of personal friends as well. 15 people in a big mob around Josh Allen. As they're walking away from our CBS Sports Radio set, he sees out of the corner of his eye his teammate, Damar Hamlin. He takes an abrupt left-hand turn. I mean, sharp left-hand turn, cuts right through the crowd, goes up to Lamar, Lamar, sorry, Demar, gets him in this big bear hug and embraces him. One of those types of hugs that Roger Goodell gives one of the draft picks that makes a lot of people uncomfortable. This was such a special moment. And Josh didn't care about the next interview, about where his handlers were navigating him, about what he had still to do. And actually, he apparently told some people, the CBS Sports Radio people, that he was really tired because he'd been doing a lot of interviews. Didn't matter. Saw DeMar, 
just walks away from his entire group, cuts through a crowd of people, goes straight for DeMarie, makes a beeline for his teammate, and grabs him in this huge embrace, and they're rocking back and forth. And it really felt like one of those moments that that would have happened whether there were a million people or no people. The Bills talk about being a family in the locker room. They obviously went through an experience that was traumatic and that was tragic, and yet it turned into a miracle. We know that Josh himself was so shaken by what happened to tomorrow on the field that he was in one of the teammates in tears. He's talked about faith and miracles and how much he prayed for DeMar. And I imagine hasn't seen him since they did their exit interviews. Maybe not even then because Josh is, well, he's Josh Allen, right? He's in a different stratosphere as most NFL players. DeMar was inactive for a good portion of the season. So who knows how long it's been since they've seen each other. Maybe weeks, maybe longer. And just mattered more to him than anything else that was going on. And I loved it. Left-hand turn went straight through to DeMar to give him an embrace and talk to his teammate. It was really cool. I felt like I admired Josh Allen far more for that moment and that exchange. Again, didn't care who was watching. It was only about DeMar than anything he does on the football field. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence here on CBS Sports Radio. After we finished up on Radio Row, we had to get all gussied up for the Jaws Wait, Ditka and Jaws, that's how they do it. Ditka and Jaws Cigar Party. And Jay's actually going to post a couple photos. So Jay and I, I wouldn't say we walked the red carpet. I would say we stood on the red carpet. (laughs) It was a short swath of carpet, but it was fun to be out there. Jay was wearing a tie, so you all can get to see producer Jay when he's dressed up with no hat and wearing a tie. We were guests of Southern Recipe Pork Rinds who's sponsoring our entire adventure here on Radio Row and in Las Vegas. So make sure you ask your friends to pass the pigskin at porkrinday.com. You're running out of time to enter the pass the pigskin sweepstakes, but it's never too late because you can still enter these last few days at porkrinday.com. And you can win prizes, but also you support Mike Ditka's Gridiron Greats. So Mike Ditka, Ron Jaworski, they, they partner on this cigar party. It's called Cigars with the Stars. Oh, and there were some. For instance, Brian Erlacher was in the same VIP area as we were. <laughs> I felt a little out of place, except Mark Singleton and his wife were there. And one of the family members of Rudolph Foods. So Rudolph is a Rudolph Foods is a family-owned company. Got to meet Mr. Rudolph. He said he's a big fan of the show. He thanked him profusely for all of his partnership with After Hours and his sponsorship of After Hours. So we're up there in this VIP area because the wind chills are in the 20s. So this is supposed to be an outdoor plaza Vegas party. People are smoking cigars. They're oh, they're eating pork rinds because there was an entire table and baskets of pork rinds. Jay really liked the mini beef skewers. Those were delicious. There were wraps. I had some pulled pork, beverages of all kind. People paid a lot of money to get into this party, but apparently, according to Mark, they raise more than a half million dollars every year at this party for Mike Ditka's Gridiron Great. So it's one of the biggest events they do all year. It always happens during Super Bowl week. And there we are (laughs) up in the VIP area with Hall of Famers, Brian Erlacher, <laughs> people who are a lot more important and a lot, <laughs> a lot cooler than we are. So when we walked in, I we had like you know the land, the the pass, the ticket, the credential, whatever, and 
I go down, we get down the stairs to the security, and she goes, oh, you're in that line. You have a special ticket. I was like, She said, you're in the VIP yeah. line. <laughs> She's like, you have the special ticket. I was like, oh, <laughs> I, what does that mean? <laughs> right, so Tell we, me more. Bu- we bypassed the entire line of people who are waiting to get in. In fact, we had to leave after an hour because we had to get back to our hotel, change and get ready for work. So we were only there for an hour. Truth be told, I couldn't feel my feet after that, so it didn't matter. We were ready to get out of the cold. Anyway, we leave after an hour, and there is a very long line of people waiting to get into the party at the M Resort Spa Casino. Really nice facility on the outskirts of of Las Vegas. Uh, So, yes, our thanks again to Southern Recipe Small Batch Pork Rinds. I snagged a few bags, stuffed them in my clutch, uh, and I know Bob grabbed a few as well. Anyway, so it was really neat to be there and to see how this famous cigar party works. I've been hearing about it for years and have just never had the chance to go. So we dressed up. We stood on the red carpet. We took some photos. Want you to check out the montage. Jay's putting it up on our social media. So Twitter, After Hours CBS, and then on our Facebook page, After Hours with Amy Lawrence. Top of the hour, Trey Wingo from Radio Row. And later in our final hour, Bobby Flay. I love sports. You all know that. I love talking. You definitely know that. I have a huge passion for outdoor adventures. We're going to engage in some of those on Saturday, heading up to Hoover Dam and then Red Rock Canyon. But what I love the most, food is my love language. I should have told Bobby Flay that. Food is my love language. Anyway, he was dynamic. He was so much fun. He's got a new project uh, on the horizon. Though we didn't get much out of him. He was pretty tight-lipped about that. But I asked him what he's not good at in the kitchen. His answer will make you laugh. It definitely made me laugh. As we head up to the top of the hour here, though, I got to tell you, Vegas almost caused an annulment in my very new marriage. I got a text message from Bob after Jay and I had already come to work. Scared the crap out of me. He says, so I did a thing. Um, and that was it, right? Dot, dot, dot. I write back, what? Half hour goes by. No response. I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, he's in he's jail. out in Las Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh, he got a tattoo. Could that be was, anything. Could be anything. anything. Oh, my gosh, he went to see some showgirls. I have no idea, anything. right? So a half hour goes by and I write, babe, what? With like seven question marks. Oops, sorry, didn't get the first text. Here's what he did. Wanting to get the full Vegas experience, I put 20 bucks in a slot machine. He sends me a photo of his cash out ticket. $227.19. (laughs) So apparently my husband has got some pretty sweet luck. $20 slot into a $200 return on investment. Nice. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence in Las Vegas here on CBS Sports Radio. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds you tell progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust progressive progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law